Frontier Missions Journal. Stories of hope for the unreached with Adventist Frontier Missions. Jill and one of our missionary teachers had called me regarding this sick little two-year-old boy. He had been suffering from fever, vomiting, and poor appetite. Even his little feet were swelling. Hello, mission friends. Today we have a triple treat for you. Seth Miller and his wife are currently serving as medical missionaries in Mali. However, all three of our stories actually take place in the Philippine mountains where the Millers previously were serving less than a year ago. The first two stories take place deep within the Philippine mountains and the third story he poses an all too well-known question, where are you God? The first story is titled, Heart Sick. Hello, my name is Seth Miller. I'm a missionary with Avenus Frontier Missions on the Malinke Project in Mali, West Africa. I just arrived there on that assignment. Prior to that time, I was in the Philippines. And the story I have today is a story from my time in the Philippines. It's called Heartsick. Worms came out of both ends of this nine-year-old, 40-pound little girl. But that was not Mylan's worst problem. Her fever, painful joints, heart murmur, rapid breathing, and elevated heart rate pointed towards a diagnosis of pneumonia, rheumatic fever, and rheumatic heart disease. Andre, one of our student missionaries, easily carried her frail little body from our clinic in Camantion down the mountain to us in the lowlands for further medical examination in the hospital. I was out of town on a trip to Puerto, so another short-term missionary, Yvonne, met Andre at the trailhead and took Mylan to the provincial hospital where she was admitted. I met her the next day when I returned. The x-ray machine at the provincial hospital was broken, so I helped Mylan get an x-ray at another hospital. Seth picked up the little girl, put her in his car and drove her to the next hospital. As they arrived, he then took her to the x-ray room. And then we returned to the provincial hospital with a print of the film. Though I am not a radiologist, Mylan's heart definitely looked enlarged to me. I sent out a prayer request for her. Rheumatic heart disease causes permanent damage to heart valves. It is caused by complications of untreated strep infections. It is rare in the United States because quick application of antibiotics usually stops it from developing. But the people there in the Philippines are poor and the doctors and hospitals are much fewer and farther between, so the poor children get sick, suffer, and sadly even die sometimes. I was thankful for the many prayers that went up for little Mylan. 
I knew the prayers were ascending because I saw God's miraculous hand at work. As I visited her in the hospital each day and prayed with her, she slowly started feeling better. After about a week, she was released and we took her to a pediatrician at a private hospital for further diagnosis and treatment of the suspected rheumatic heart disease. The pediatrician called a pediatric cardiologist who gave her some recommendations for medication. They also gave Mylan a dewormer. They recommended that Mylan have a 2D echocardiogram, which was available only in Puerto, that was the capital of our province. About two weeks later, we were able to take Mylan, the four-hour journey to Puerto, for the 2D echocardiogram. Because of the COVID-19 lockdown, the pediatric cardiologist couldn't come from Manila, but she was able to see live images of the scan via video conferencing. Afterwards, she talked with Mylan's mother in Tagalog and then with me in English. She confirmed that Mylan has rheumatic heart disease. Further testing showed markers of inflammation, so she prescribed additional medication for Mylan. Mylan will need shots of penicillin G every 21 days for years to come to prevent further heart damage from strep infections. I was thankful to God for blessing us to meet a, this kind and competent, thorough doctor. At this time, another patient named Bamboo was with us in Puerto for medication also. He was not yet discharged from the hospital, so Mylan and her mother had to stay in a hotel room in Puerto while we waited for Bamboo to be released. I got to visit Mylan and her mother, bring them food and help them with the fairly complex medicine schedule the doctor put her on. They were amazed at the effort, time, and money we were willing to spend to help them. After staying with us about a month in the lowlands, Mylan and her mother returned to their home in the mountains. I was a little sad to see her go, but happy she was feeling better and could return home. Some time passed, and uh, Mylan and her mother moved closer to the lowlands, so I was happy to be able to see her again. She still needed these shots every 21 days, so we got to visit the doctor with her again in Puerto. After one of these trips to Puerto, Mylan's mother also got sick. She had a fever, so we took her to the hospital. I listened with keen interest as the ER staff at the hospital who asked Russell and Mylan's mom, what is your religion? Oh, the joy it brought to my heart to hear Ruslan's answer that her religion was my religion. It reminded me of Ruth who told Naomi, thy people shall be my people and thy God my God. That's what I felt that she was saying. By showing kindness to people, taking an interest in their lives, we can make eternal differences in their lives. So I'm thankful that God can use each one of us to reach out to others with his love. And now for our second story titled, Curlin.
I'm new to the project there in Mali, but I, I recently was on the Palawano project in the Philippines where I had the privilege to care for many of sick children there. I want to tell you a story about a little boy named Curlin. Is he still alive, I wondered, when I first laid eyes on him. Listless and still, Curlin lay in his mother's arms. I studied his breathing. He's still alive, I whispered to myself in relief. The questions I wanted to ask regarding his illness quickly fell silent. Let's just get to the hospital, I thought. Jill and one of our missionary teachers had called me regarding this sick little two-year-old boy. He had been suffering from fever, vomiting, and poor appetite. Even his little feet were swelling. So I drove about 45 minutes to the trailhead to meet the parents. They had to hike two or three hours to reach me. Curlin's parents had delayed seeking help from the missionaries, preferring their traditional medicine and witchcraft. Close to death, Curlin would need a miracle. The emergency room doctor came to assess little Curlin. I informed the doctor that the boy's family was from an area where malaria was common, so he checked for it while conducting other testing. The test returned positive for a severe form of malaria, and the medical staff promptly started his treatment. Due to the malaria, his hemoglobin was also dangerously low. Praise the Lord, they had the B-positive blood he needed. They began a blood transfusion that night. That the hospital had a bag of his blood type on hand when he needed it so badly was a miracle. Understandably, after he improved significantly and was no longer in the danger zone, he still needed a second bag, which took four days to obtain from the capital city only four hours away. Little Curlin improved quickly and was released that Sabbath. His family joined us at the end of the fellowship meal and were also there for the Adventist Youth Program. I wish you could have seen how Curlin smiled at me one day before he returned home. It was precious. What can you do to reveal the love of Jesus to others? Seeing their smile will be worth the effort. Here is our third story titled, Where Are You, God? I've been working with AFM since 2017. I was first on the Palawano Project and just recently have come to the project in Mali, the Malinke Project. I'm going to tell you a story from my time in the Philippines. It's a story entitled, Where Are You, God? Where are you, God? We can't find you, agonized the father, tanding while his son was wailing in cries of pain. The boy, three or four years old, had stuck his left hand and forearm in a boiling, in boiling water receiving a sizable second-degree burn. I took him to the local hospital for treatment. 
Unfortunately, the staff lacked knowledge in treating burns. They applied plain gauze to the wound, which firmly stuck to the burn. When I had to remove the gauze to apply an antibacterial cream, try as carefully as I could to moisten that gauze with saline to lessen the pain, it caused them severe pain. And he was really screaming in agony. Finally, we got the bandage off and applied his new bandage. We applied the cream and uh, plastic dressing on top to retain the moisture and lessen the pain. Next time he would have to have his dressing changed. After the initial pain passed, the little fellow quickly fell asleep in his mother's arms. I was thankful I could help him by applying a dressing that was less painful to remove. Unfortunately, I did not see the little boy again after that night as they were from a distant village far in the mountains and eager to go home. But that agonizing cry of the father, where are you God, had really entered my heart. Perhaps you have wondered where God is in the time of your pain. Yet God answers in Isaiah 43, 1 and 2, but now Thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel. Fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by name, thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. God's own dear Son carries us through the fire and comforts us with his presence. What can you do to reveal the love of Jesus to those hurting around you? Thank you for listening to Frontier Missions Journal. God bless.